0: the Gospel of John, chapter number 14. John, chapter number 14, the same place that we've turned the last two weeks, same place that we will turn next week. And our subject today is of great importance. It ought to be of great interest to, to everyone, and I'll explain that more later on. But first of all, I want to mention the fact that there is a great divide between Christians and the non-Christian world that we live in. It has to do with the matter of world views, and that gap seems to get wider every day. We live in a culture of confusion, and the difference leads to hostility. I don't think I've ever seen so much hatred among Uh, among people that, you know, that do not agree with what we teach concerning Christ. And so all you have to do to be hated by the world is to, well, just quote what the Word of God says. And to diagnose this problem, I think all we've got to do is to quote one popular phrase that just about everybody has heard. It's called post-truth world. Post-truth world. That sounds crazy. The definition of that is this. It is relating to or denoting circumstances in which objective facts are less influential in shaping public opinion than appeals to emotion and personal belief. Just a couple of years ago, post-truth, now get this, post-truth was Oxford Dictionary's word of the year. Reporter uh, Amy Wang made this statement in response to that. She said, it's official. Truth is dead. Facts are passé. Well... The fact is, facts no longer matter. That's what she's saying. That's what they're saying. Facts no longer matter. In fact, there are no facts. They claim that there's no such thing as absolute truth, and people prefer their preferences over what we would call absolute truth. So we live in the information age, but there's a lot of contradiction. What we see today is absolutely insane. So how do we deal with these differences? What, what is it that keeps us from coming together? Why are we so insistent that, that our views are correct? There are people that are willing to fight and bleed and die for what they believe, although they have no grounds for their belief. Well, believe it or not, This entire controversy centers on one man, and that man is Christ. He is the most controversial character who has ever lived, and if we all agreed with him, we would all be in one accord. That would be awesome. So here we are as Christians, and we are striving to win others over to our point of view, but sadly, we don't always go about it in the best way. So I'm going to get right to the point and say this, the best argument for Christ is Christ. We can harp about all of the things that we want that are related to Christianity, but never make any headway in trying to convince other people. So our only chance of winning other people is to keep Christ as the focal point. And notice in verse number 6 of our text today, here we find, as we've already discussed, the Lord Himself saying that He is the way, not, not a way, but He is the way, the only way. He is the way, the truth, and the life. So if we're going to ever settle the issues that divide us, we must see Christ as the truth. Until we do that everything is up for grabs. I was thinking this morning about different questions that that somewhere or another stick in our mind and questions that are popular to be or to not to be. That is the question. Now, who hasn't heard that? Where's the beef? I mean, you could make a long list of questions that we've all heard over and over and over. But the most important question that is, in my mind, that has ever been asked was not, it wasn't asked by a scholar or a religious leader or even a Christian. It was asked by a heathen ruler by the name of Pilate. In John chapter number 18, he said, what is truth? What is truth? Well, if we could just settle that, then we've settled all of the other stuff that's going on in life. What is truth? Well, Jesus gives us the answer. He said, I am the truth. So if ever there is a word that deserves our attention, it's this word because deception has been Satan's main means, his chief means of destroying people. Here we find the Apostle John recording what Jesus said. And the word truth was one of his favorite words. I say that because he used it so often And naturally, that was under the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And in totality, he uses that word 48 times in his writings. But it's never more meaningful and wonderful than it is right here in our text. Because here, that word is used in reference to Jesus Christ himself. It's so sad to see so many people who claim to be seeking the truth and yet they never turn to Christ. They talk about their sincerity in searching for the truth. But they're not truly sincere because they refuse to consider the teachings of Christ. And they reject Him although they've never given Him a fair hearing. Because in their mind truth is relative you've got your truth and i've got my truth and you know it's just a relative thing it's not anything that we can really rely upon there's no such thing as absolute truth so they tell us that one belief is just as good as another but the truth is nothing could be further from the truth than that One belief is not just as good as another. It does make a difference what you believe. So Jesus is boldly proclaiming, I am, I am. Boy, we could just stop there and camp out and spend a lot of time. I am. Think about that. I am. But in this case, he says, I am the truth. And we have every reason to believe what he said. We have no reason to doubt him whatsoever. Because the evidence is he told the truth about being the truth. So I want you to consider his claim this morning. And we see Jesus is the truth. First of all, as opposed to to the figures of the Old Testament. From the very beginning, God wanted man to know about Christ and he used certain things as types of Christ in order to to teach people. Just as a teacher might use flannel graph to teach little children, our Lord used types and shadows and figures and things of that nature that speak about the Lord Jesus Christ. We think about the Lamb, and of course we know that He was the Lamb of God. You look back here in the Old Testament and you you look at the tabernacle and you look at the temple and you think of all of those different articles of furniture. You think of the different materials that were used in the construction of of those buildings and so forth. And every single minor detail. Remember the Lord told Moses, make all things according to the pattern. Don't deviate one iota from what I'm telling you. Why? Because everything about that tabernacle represented something regarding the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when Jesus came, He came to fulfill all of those Old Testament types. By that, I mean that He gave substance to those shadows the Old Testament, all they could see, you know, were the types. And we come to the New Testament and we read things like this that He is the true light. Remember in the Old Testament, there was the Shekinah glory that dwelt there in the Holy of Holies. The Shekinah glory, the cloud that led them through the wilderness. And in the New Testament, he's the true life. He is the bread of life, the true bread, it says. He is the true vine. In other words, he fulfilled every type that is depicted in the Old Testament. Considering all of this, along with all of the prophecies that he fulfilled, there's absolutely no reason why anyone should be confused about who Jesus is. Nearly every year at Christmas time, I make reference to those prophecies, those ancient prophecies, given regarding Christ and how that all of those. All of those coming true at that precise moment when our Lord came into this world. I mean, how can you deny that the Bible is the Word of God? How can you deny that Christ is the Son of God? All of the evidence confirms that fact. But it doesn't end there. We see that He is the truth also as opposed to the fallacies of, the, of worldly philosophies. You'll remember that the very first temptation came by way of a, of a lie from Satan. Eve, remember, was deceived. God said to Eve, Hath God said... In other words, he is putting a question mark where God put a period. God said, in the day you eat thereof, you're going to die. And the old devil comes along and says, did, Did God really say that? And he planted that seed of doubt in her mind and deceived her. And people have been deceived ever since that day. And whenever you consider the fact that man is religious by nature... By that I mean there is something missing in every person's life that causes them to be religious. Man is going to worship something. It might be himself, it might be a totem pole, it might be the sun and the moon and the stars, but man is going to worship something that is in his nature. And because of that, we see why there is so much confusion in this world today so many different religions we can't even keep up with them and so a lot of people feel like Pilate when he said what is truth and thankfully Jesus gave us the answer that we don't have to wonder about it every word that he spoke was the truth all of his doctrines were true So whenever you read what He said, you don't need to look any further than that because it is the absolute truth. His Word is the standard by which everything is going to be judged. So let me ask you some questions. If you don't believe Jesus, who will you believe? If you can't trust Him, who are you going to trust? Are you going to risk your eternal destiny on what man says? Are you going to trust your own feelings? Or are you going to just leave it all to chance? (sighs) I'll just wait and see how it all turns out. Well, don't waste your time because I can tell you it's not going to turn out good. You see, everyone has certain ideas or certain beliefs. And you're going to believe You're going to believe something and what you believe is going to be ultimately determined by who you trust. You're either going to trust your own judgment or you'll trust in the counsel of other people or you'll trust in the one who is the truth. I don't know about you but I've lived long enough to know that I can't trust myself. I can't trust myself. Regardless of my good intentions, regardless of my Effort. I just can't trust myself. I really can't trust others. Not completely. But I can always trust Jesus. Amen. Amen. Because He never lies. Amen. I can always trust Him. He has proven Himself to be faithful and true. So as opposed to all of the fallacies of these worldly philosophies. no, oh, they make them sound so very appealing. You can read of those ancient philosophers, and boy, they had a way of wording things and painting these beautiful word pictures. But, well, when push comes to shove and all is said and done, it's just garbage. It's just garbage. Jesus comes along, and out of pure simplicity... Not trying to confuse us. Not trying to impress us. But out of the humility of his heart. Speaking to us. Words of truth. Truth that has the power to change. And to fashion and shape lives. To transform us into someone that we've never been before. That's what Jesus offers. He is the truth. As opposed to all of these fallacies. Thirdly. He's the truth as opposed to the faults of man. I want you to see why that uh, we can believe what Jesus said. He not only spoke the truth. He not only taught the truth. He lived the truth. He put it in shoe leather so to speak. Everything he did was perfection. He not only had truth as a possession He is the truth as a person. He's the personification of truth, the eternal embodiment of truth. He's the source. He's the means. He's the end. I can stand here and proclaim truth. Brother Kenneth every week stands and proclaims the truth of God's Word so we can speak things that are true, but none of us can claim perfection. I would encourage you to believe what I preach, but uh, whatever you do, don't put your trust in me. As much as I love and respect Brother Kenneth, don't put your trust in him. I think about all of these good folks in our church, folks that would just do anything to be helpful, but you can't really trust them completely, but you can always trust Jesus. He is the only perfect person who ever lived, the only one we can trust completely without any reservation at all. We're able to trust others only to the extent that their character allows. Let me tell you something about others. Let me tell you something about yourself. You never really see what a the other person really is and you never really know what you are deep within sometimes we wonder why god a good god would allow bad things to happen why god would send trials and it's all because that we don't know as much about ourselves as we think we do We stick a feather in our cap and break our arm patting ourselves on the back because we have succeeded in some small way in some area of our life. Because everything's going good. We've got money in the bank. We feel good. Everything's going our way. But boy, you let God just pull the rug out from under us for a little while and things turn bad. And all of a sudden, we begin to see ourselves as we really are. And so since none of us are perfect, then we dare, not, we dare not put our complete trust in any person because regardless of how sincere they are, they're not always right. The only one we can trust completely is Jesus. Not only that... Jesus is the truth as opposed to the falsehood of others. Now, I spoke to him about him being the truth as opposed to the fallacies of of all of the worldly philosophies, but the point's a bit different here because, uh, for example, what a person tells you about some aspect of Christianity might be true, but that does not mean you can trust everything else they say. You can trust Brother Preston whenever he gets up to preach the Word of God because what he's telling you is the truth. And, and, you know, a person might be a Bible scholar and tell you the truth, but, but the fact of the matter is he has imperfections in his life. Not that way with Jesus. There are no imperfections. You can trust His doctrines, His teachings, His declarations, His promises, His warnings. Whatever He says, you can mark it down that He is faithful and true. And it all boils down to this simple fact, folks, and that's this. What you believe is determined by who you believe. That's what it all about. Who are you going to believe? Paul had that figured out, amen. Paul said, I know whom I have believed. Now, had you asked Paul, do you know what you believe? He could say, indeed I do, let me tell you. And boy, he could have gone down the list of the things, the great doctrines of the Bible that he believed. But that wasn't the issue. It was not what he believed, but it was who he believed. I know whom I have believed and I'm persuaded. Amen. No, no doubt about it. I'm persuaded he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. So accepting what Christ says is a matter that ends all of our speculation. It ends all of the, all of the debates. It answers all of the questions. Paul trusted Christ. So you can trust Christ. If he could, there's no reason you can't. Amen. By his perfect life, Jesus has proven himself to be trustworthy. So why wouldn't we trust him? Let me remind you that as it was said while Jesus was here upon the earth, never man spake as this man Never man spake like this man. And we can talk for hours about the manner in which he spoke and the method in which he spoke and taught. We can talk about the matter of his teachings. He spoke with authority. He spoke with power. He spoke with wisdom. He spoke with grace. He spoke with majesty. but it was the matter of his message that really mattered the most. By that, I'm talking about the content of what he said. That, that's the thing that is the most amazing of all because when you look at what he said in its totality, you almost have to scratch your head and say to yourself, it just sounds too good to be true. Really. So instead of talking about his commands, which would be easy to do, or all of his precepts or his counsel or his warnings, I want you to just focus in on his promises. We're talking about, we're talking about Jesus being the truth as opposed to the falsehood of all others and being the truth specifically when it comes here to the matter of what he taught And in this case, His promises. Boy, that ought to occupy our our time for days on end. Maybe you've been wondering, what in the world am I going to do, you know, with all of this lockdown, shut-in stuff going on around me? How about just getting in the Word of God and finding all of the promises that Christ has given. That will occupy your time. It will enlighten your mind. It will encourage your heart. It will lift up your spirit. It will brighten your day. It will strengthen your resolve. It will build up your faith. It will impart hope. It will give you rest. It will fill you with joy. It will produce peace that passeth all understanding. And it will meet your needs. You see, for every need, there is a promise. Think about where we started in these messages in verse 1 of John 14, where he said, Let not your heart be troubled. And again, we read that and we think, Can it, can it really be possible that we can live in this troubled world without a troubled heart? Is that really possible? The answer is yes indeed because Jesus said, My peace I leave with you. Amen. A peace not as the world giveth, but I give unto you, he said. So that peace is possible. We can claim that promise just like those early apostles did. His promises are able to meet our needs. And for every need, there is a promise that fits the situation. I, I love the way Peter described them. He said unto us, He said, are given exceeding great and precious promises. There's nothing else in all of the world that'll give you more peace, more comfort than God's promises. And folks, if ever there was a time that we needed to stand on the promises, it's now. Because people are confused. People are afraid. They're in need of hope. Just a ray of hope. Just something they can cling to. Something they can hang on. Something that will give them hope for a brighter time ahead. And there's no better place to find that hope than in the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, there is no other place to find hope Other than the Lord Jesus Christ, He gives us a hope that is described in the Bible as being both sure and steadfast. I want you to leave here this morning remembering this. I don't have all of the answers, but I'm trusting the one who is the answer, He is the answer. Several years ago, in fact, if I remember right, the first time I ever heard this sor- song is a chorus, I think written by Andre Crouch, and uh, I think Crystal Mills, her, her, her dad, uh, Brother Rick McAlinis, sang this. I keep a copy of it in my Bible cover says, Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above Him there's no other. Jesus is the way. Then they repeat the chorus over and over. And the second verse says, If you have some questions in the corners of your mind and traces of discouragement and peace you cannot find, reflections of the old past, they seem to face you every day. That's one thing I know for sure. That Jesus is the way. I know you've got mountains that you think you cannot climb. I know that your skies have been dark. You think the sun won't shine. In case you don't know, I'm here to tell you that the Word of God is true. And everything that He promised, I tell you, He would do it for you. Let me tell you that Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above Him, there's no other. Jesus is the way. And He still is, folks. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. He's everything we need for every need we face. He's the answer. Will you trust Him here today? I think this is pro- I'm without a doubt the smallest congregation that we've ever we've ever had on a sunday in fact it's smaller than it was wednesday night but that doesn't mean that there's that there's somebody here without a need there might be somebody here this morning in need of christ as their savior It could be that they're a member of this church but they've really never received Christ as their Lord because they could stand and quote scriptures and tell you all of the things they know about Jesus but there's a big difference in knowing about Jesus and knowing Jesus. It's one thing to know the facts about Him it's another thing to actually trust Him as your Lord and Savior. Would you do that this morning? He's the truth. You can depend upon Him. And if you're here this morning as a child of God, maybe, maybe these last few weeks have just overwhelmed you. I'll talk about it Lord willing tonight, but uh, uh, this issue with Bev being in the hospital has been uh, without any doubt, and I've been through some hard times and things like that, and she has too, it was uh, without a doubt in my mind the scariest time of my life for me. Uh, I'm glad our God is able. Amen. Amen. He's able, folks. And it might be that your problem is uh, is totally different than, than my problem or my need, but it doesn't make any difference. The nature of your problem has nothing to do with it. Because the greatness of your God is the same. You have a God that's bigger than any problem you'll ever face. It might be you just want to get on your knees and thank him for all of the great things that he's done. It might be you just want to come and say, Lord, forgive my lack of faith and help me to trust you more completely. Help me to rest my weary soul upon the solid rock of your great promises. Would you do that this morning? Whatever it is that God would have you to do, do his will for your life. Our Father this morning, how thankful we are for the truth of your word that tells us about the truth of your own dear son. Lord, we're so thankful that we don't have to We don't have to wonder about the questions of life. We don't have to take a chance, as it were, in what direction that we go, but rather that we can can know beyond any shadow of a doubt that you've never lied to us, you've never misguided us, you've never misinformed us about anything, and that we can trust you, and we're so thankful for the privilege of being able to put our faith in you and Lord for the blessings that it brings to our heart. To know that as a result of trusting you that we indeed can have a joy that's unspeakable and a peace that passeth all understanding, a hope that is sure and steadfast. And I pray that you'll meet the needs of each and every person here today. And those that are watching and listening online and those that can't be here today, may you, even upon their sickbed, enter into that dark room and by your Spirit speak to their heart and change their lives. For we beg it in Jesus' dear name. Amen. While we stand and as we sing the